to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins, and everything in between. I am Benedicta, and I am feeling haggard. And I'm Benedict. Today is March 8th, and this is episode number 130, and I'm feeling productive. How lovely. Yeah, right? (laughs) For a change. For a change, you do feel, you do feel pr- productive every now and then, so maybe yeah, sometimes it happens. <laughs> yes, I'm happy. Oh, you. but last week, last week was not as productive as I as I hoped. Uh, so, have you done I'm, anything I'm to help you get into yeah, product- productive mood? Yeah, I, I, I think at Friday, like, <laughs> funny enough, like. Last time we recorded, we were both kind of calm and everything's fine and all's good and nothing bothers us. And that changed for me the next couple of days. And Friday okay. night, I was just sitting on the couch, not even watching the news, but just like feeling, feeling anxious the entire, the entire time, like with like no immediate reason. But of course, I mean, obvious, the reasons were obvious and, um, I just on Friday night decided to not watch any news anymore, any like nothing at all. Don't read anything. My Twitter muted word list grew by like ten or fifteen words, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to come off as like as I uh, like not caring or, or stuff like that. I just had to pull the plug and just not feel miserable the entire time. Um, and it helped. Uh, I had a nice weekend. Uh, the weather's nice. We went outside. Been eating at the restaurant for the first time in half a year or so. Yay! Several months for sure. <laughs> and just like had a good time and not not being up to date what's happening in the world was was definitely a good part of that. So now I'm mostly keeping it up. Um, I mean, I'm I'm checking the news once a day but that's it like i'm not i'm, I'm stopping myself whenever i have urge of like let's see what happened i'm like no no let's not do this <laughs> yeah i'm the same and, i yeah. just check check around once a day just to see if there's anything i need to take action on or not yeah um and then i try to let it be as well because there's yeah and it, it helps a lot but um weird times Weird times, weird times. We're gonna say that for the next yeah. <laughs> years. So every episode, I feel like we're we like, weird saying times. that for the last couple of years, so it didn't really change. It's not that weird anymore. It's just a new normal, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, what did you do with your so, your productivity focus or your productive mood? Yeah, so uh, I, I mentioned last uh, episode that uh, I'm working on um, an authorization layer for user list, and that has been making good progress um at some point last week i uh, while implementing this like all the like adding checks everywhere to to check that the user is actually allowed to do stuff and, and things like that at some point i realized that the hardest part right now is that we're not preventing the user from doing anything so i'm adding all those checks but they always return true <laughs> 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 so at some point i realized huh this is 
I'm not actually sure this is working because I'm not I'm not locking anything down. So um, for for a while, I had to come up with bogus reasons of why a user is not allowed to do stuff just to be sure <laughs> it's actually locking things down. Can you make um, like a test API endpoint that is like this should be disallowed for everyone, and then like have a test that makes sure that it it returns false, so you know that it can happen. Yeah, that's basically what what I ended up doing. And now, like in our in our tests for for the API, I'm now checking that it's check like there's a check in there to see if anything is checked, and then there are separate tests that basically evaluate the results of those checks. Mm -hmm. So for now, I'm mostly making sure that I'm checking. <laughs> and then uh, I can on, other, on the other side make sure that the checks return true or false depending on if the account is active or if it's unpaid or, or stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it's it's making good progress. It's it turned out easier than I anticipated. Maybe that's because we're not locking anything down, so <laughs> it doesn't really change that much. Uh, but I feel like I feel confident that the framework we're we're putting in place is. Is a solid foundation for the future. Um, the only tricky thing that I still haven't quite figured out is how do we synchronize basically all the permissions and rules on the on the server side with the front end because the the front end is a single page application, so it's basically running independently. But depending on the permissions on the back end, we need to. Uh, show or not show stuff in the UI. And I'm not entirely sure how to approach that. And surprisingly, there isn't there, there isn't much information about that on, on patterns and stuff like that on the interwebs. Like I kept Googling <laughs> for stuff. Maybe I have the wrong keywords, but it's not like there's a, there are good solutions for this. No, what would there. be the keyword for that? It would be like permission-based UX or... Or something like that yeah i don't know and the, the problem is like you get results for that but um it's usually like how to implement a permission system in in a single page application which mm -hmm. is not exactly what i want because i i have my permissions figured out on the back end already i don't want to replicate the same thing on the front end because then we're maintaining that on two sides and that feels kind of stupid. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you could yeah. check for the um, perm like permission denied and not like if you have an initial state for a component or initial state for a page or whatever, and then you wait until you get a, a successful request coming through before you show it. And then if it fails because of permission, you don't show it. Depending on how you bootstrap that single page application, it would could be make sense to make it either on on some components or on like the page level, depending on what what you're doing. But then you have to make sure you have those good error messages that are not just like something went wrong because then you don't know if it's a <laughs> permission. Like if it's a you know this went correctly but permission was denied or this went yeah. bad because something went bad. Um, but I guess you would have to do something like that where you have kind of an unknown state until you get a until you get something back. 
Or I've also seen some do an initial API call with that first when you kind of get the when you get the um, yeah kind of when we bootstrap the uh, single page application, you also get kind of you get the permissions of the person who's logged in, so you have some permissions, and then you kind of trust that those permissions are correct. But if they turn out to be mm -hmm. wrong, that somebody has tampered with them. Obviously, the UX is going to look weird because you're going to get errors in things that you're not supposed to be playing with. But yeah. I realized that that is okay. If somebody goes into, you know, your <laughs> and starts changing your code on the front end and they change their permissions because they think, oh, then I'll have permission. And then they're shown something and then they click it and they get an error. You do not have permission. Like, that's okay that they saw that. That's kind of expected, been, right? Yeah. yeah. So, because I also got a little bugged down with that because I wanted to make sure, you know, but then it's like, well, if they started tampering with things or if they're trying to view paths that they shouldn't view, like with POW, if they go in and they try to go to a logged in page when they are not logged in, it's okay if they see kind of that loading state and then they get thrown out because they're doing stuff they're not supposed to. But you have to make sure they don't get any data they're not supposed to. But when you have those permissions on the API level, they're never going to get that data. Yeah. They're just going to see wonky UI. And they have asked for wonky UI because they're trying <laughs> to break your stuff, kind of. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, I don't know if that was helpful, but I had that like, yeah, revelation where it's like, it's okay to show them wonky stuff because they're trying to do wonky things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean... For the most part, I think we can get away with like, um, just uh, yeah, like trying to request and if it fails and show an error message or stuff like that. There are parts though where, for example, um, with the new pricing we're planning, there will be tiers, so you will not be able to access certain features because your plan doesn't include them. And it would be nice to like update the navigation based based on that, like preemptively and not have to like show it and then they click on it and then they get an error message. That's kind of, that's kind of awkward. I mean, I'm guessing you already get the, some information about the user when it logs in and you could add information about their permissions so that you have that information yeah. before you're showing the logged in state. But as we said, then they could go in and like change that like array of permissions, but you're just go yeah. kind of just using those permissions to show or hide UI so that if they change it and then they see the UI, yeah. they will get an error message. So you could like send something with the user user object or whatever you have or account object that you get when somebody logs in and you, you send a little list there and you have something to start with. And then you can yeah. tighten it down as you, or you don't have to tighten it down because you have this all on the, on the server, of course. Yeah. Because you can't type yeah, the dial so. on the client side because <laughs> it's client side code. Never trust it. Yeah, true. Yeah, I think that would be the solution in the end, or something like that at least. Um, like tie it down somewhat with like just a generic list of permissions, and then enforce like more granular stuff on a per request basis, and then just like have reasonable error messages. So, yeah. I guess that might be the solution. I'm just like I'm just trying to find the perfect solution. Oh, are like you now? One of the uh, this is one of the thing like one of the situation where there is no no perfect solution, and it has to be something that's yeah a little bit 
but I'm not don't want to say hacky because it's not that hacky, but uh, it's also not like a bulletproof thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, yeah. So uh, that part is making good progress, anyways, and uh, I think we can maybe roll something out this week. I, I guess it's one of those projects where we de- where we should rather deploy it earlier than later before like it gets too complicated. Just make sure we don't break it at this stage, and then keep keep tuning it um, in the future, and eventually like start to lock things down a little bit more. So yeah, that's the one part that, that we've been working on. The other part is um, Leo, our front end uh, developer, has been doing a big refactoring of almost all the form components in in our UI. Um, basically, that it was a mess for the longest time. Um, I started out with uh, just like uh, simple HTML forms. Eventually, I wrote a component um, to to build forms, and that turned out to be a little bit off. <laughs> so at some point, I, I built a collection of separate components that uh, composed together would still like act as a form. Um, and then we upgraded the framework, so the old form component broke. <laughs> And he spent the last three weeks or so just ripping it all out and building a new form component and uh, using that everywhere. And we've been rolling that out last week, and it's so much nicer. Um, Validation errors are properly showing again. Uh, The code is so much cleaner. And I don't know, it just was like one of those satisfying projects where uh, you take messy code and in the end you have like neat and clean and well-tested and well-working code and it's just so nice <laughs> and even better somebody took your messy code and made it cleaner and nicer yes. and you could work on other things like absolutely yeah um so i i appreciated that a lot um but what was nice is that during that process a couple of times we just had calls together and just discussed problems. And I feel like just by pairing on, on, on this, we came up with a much nicer solution than either of either one of us would have come up with in isolation, I guess. So yay, pair programming. <laughs> yay. Yay. More people on the team. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Woo. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that was nice. And it allows, allowed us to remove a lot of old styling code as well. Like we deleted a bunch of, legacy CSS, um, which has been bugging me for a while. And um, in that process, we also removed a lot of margin hacks and replaced them with proper flex gap usage. And I think like this is probably one of my most favorite CSS additions of the last couple of years. <laughs> because finally, like finally you can define spacing between elements without messing with the elements themselves. And that feels like beautiful, best improvement ever. <laughs> I don't see that. So yeah. I'm a code I wrote because I've been hacking a little bit with some margins <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, it had, it's been the only way like to use margins for quite a while, but, I think at some point I realized like when you work with components, the best way to dis- to style them is to not like to not have margins or anything on them at all. 
Yeah, I and agree. And only have like the the outer component, the thing where it's nested and handled that part. Um, but until we had flex gap or, or, or grid gap, um, the only way to do that was basically then from the outside at the margins on top of it. And that that always resulted in weird edge cases and stuff like that. And with, with flex gap and grid gap, you just set a value and that's the spacing between things and <laughs> you're done. So nice. <laughs> and you don't have to cut, touch the components. So I don't know. I'm, I'm super excited about this. I'm so glad that process finally implemented this. <laughs> I am happy that we can appreciate things like flex gap. You know, it's, it's good to appreciate the small stuff every now and then. Yeah. And see the improvements. Um, totally. The Anything? next th CSS thing I'm looking forward is container queries. Um, so you can, oh yeah, you can change styling based on the, not on the page size, but on the component size. I think that's that's a huge thing as well because in UserList we have a couple of components that, depending on where they are shown, like have very little space, and sometimes it would be good to adjust the styling based on that. Um, but uh, I mean. There are some JavaScript hacky ways of doing this, but there's no no good way to do this with CSS, and I'm looking forward to be able to to do this in the future. So it just makes so much sense, <clears throat> especially when you're doing you know proper responsive layouts, because you're not saying, oh, you know, browse when it's this wide or this wide. Like I usually never use that many uh, media queries because I just kind of. Um, yeah, see, like I, I'll give things, you know, minimal widths or whatever, and then things can rearrange yeah. and stuff like that. But then it's exactly that. It's like, well, suddenly it turns into like maybe two rows and they get big again. The component gets big, but since it's a small screen, it gets like the smallest. And it's like it will be, yeah, I'm just agreeing, I guess. I didn't really have anything more to add. I'm just agreeing that it will be awesome. Yeah when it drops in the modern browser because uh chris coyer did a uh did the keynote for gatsby conf that was last week and he kind of went through everything that's easier now in the browser compared to before and also showed some things that are coming and container queries was one of the things that he was showing and i think it was a nice keynote because there's been a lot especially on twitter a lot of like grumblings about everything has become so hard now because of all the tooling and um <laughs> you know it's become so much harder to make web sites and it's like well you can still just write html and css and host it anywhere and the html and css you write can be so much easier because you get all you know you got grid and now you got the yes. grid, the, yes. the gaps and container queries are coming and it's like it's awesome that things are evolving but it's evolving slowly and it has to be if we're gonna come if we're gonna keep on having a web that is backward compatible it can't just you know, go crazy like Apple yeah. does when you when I made Apple native apps. Whenever Apple had a new event, it was like, okay, now my app is broken. Like they never did backward compatibility, <laughs> and that's when you yeah. realize how awesome backward compatibility is. Even though it does slow down things because you kind of have to make sure you're doing it in a way that that right. makes sense. Yeah, right. And I feel like a lot of the complexity I move with transpilers and stuff like that. Sorry. What is no, it? I think like, it's backwards. Compatible. It's backward because the promise of the web is that a website <laughs> that is made 10 years ago will always work, also moving forward. Um, yeah. 
but new sites yeah, won't work. But new sites won't work on old browsers. Or is that? I need to look this up. Let's look this up after the show because <laughs> I messed sure. that up. But yes, we understood each other. I think. <laughs> yes, we did. And I, what I was about to say is that I feel like a lot of the complexity with like modern web development is actually related to us being. Well, uh, us wanting to use the new shiny features right now instead of waiting for them to be fully um, available for everyone. Because I feel like one of the reasons why we have to, those build chains and stuff like that is mostly because we wanted to use Babel to use uh, new JavaScript syntax that wasn't available uh, in browsers until like a couple of years from now. But we wanted to do this today, so we had to come up with magic to change it into compatible syntax and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not always nice, but then again, we could still, as you said, like like we could still use jQuery and like use the, the old uh, traditional way of doing things, but it might not be as much fun in the end. So I have to learn this over and over again because... It is so much fun learning new things, but it does not make you productive if you're trying to make a product or a yeah. business that is not the business of teaching other people how to use new stuff. And, <laughs> and just seeing the numbers, like how many websites are powered by WordPress, how many web websites still have jQuery as a big part of their, of their tooling. <laughs> Like things move slow, especially in enterprise, and it should because, like, if it's working, there's no need to rip out your blog that has been on WordPress for you know. Some people probably had blogs that are like 20 years old now on on WordPress. It's no point in ripping that out if it's working for you just to you know just to yeah. use some new technology. But when you're hanging out on Twitter, those numbers sometimes kind of get a little bit lost, <laughs> and I often think. You know, if you're trying to get into tech, I'm guessing also it could sometimes be beneficial to learn some of these, quote, older texts, because then there are more places you can actually be productive, be a productive developer because they are using jQuery, yeah. for instance. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting, though. So this is a good segue into what I've been doing this week, if if you're done yeah, with, uh, so with your update. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, what... No, so <laughs> I have been upgrading my queen website and I have, it's on Gatsby. No jQuery anymore. <laughs> no query, jQuery anymore. No, I tried to make it where I was like hand-rolled all my CSS and tried to be very minimal. But then I realized, well, what am I doing? Like I want to become um expert more on kind of the integration stuff, not on front end, like front end is not, I can do okay front end, but it's, it's on the Gatsby side. And in general, I want to be more kind of focused on integration, integrations and how to like piece or duct tape, as I call it, the different parts of the web together. And we are also, this is, I'm going to come to that, but we are also focusing on POW also moving forward. And POW is also on Gatsby, but has been using material, I use material UI for the front end, front end in the app. So what I decided, even though I don't know if like, this is not, oh, this is the best tech ever, but I decided that all of my things are now going to use Gatsby and Material UI so that I really learn how to customize Material UI and also 
keep my focus on Gatsby. So that's what I've kind of done this week is upgrade the Queen website, both with content, but also and also uh, changing it over to Material UI so that we use the same technology everywhere. And I also think that's really good since uh, Ula is coming on board more and more as a coder and those like it's easier for him, I guess, as well to focus on two technologies instead of following me being like the prototype worst senior developer in the team where it's like, well, on this project, we're just gonna <laughs> try something new. And on this one page, we're gonna test this new framework. And um, so, yeah, so I'm trying to um, standardize. It's not that many pages, but it's gonna be the queen site and then it's the POW marketing website and then the POW app. And then hopefully we're going to do some really fun, like marketing little mini pages. And if they also just use the same thing, then it's going to hopefully going to be easier to jump in and out of different projects. Um, but that's been really fun. It, I think it turned out really nice. So head on over to queen.ray.codes and check out the new web page, which looks very much like the old web page, just a little bit, a uh, little nicer. Um, and I also finally got the done for you integration demo service sales page done. And I, with my new kind of setup where you can make sections and landing pages with uh, different building blocks, I also managed to get like a little new button for the done for you integration demo on the on the front page fairly easy. And I was very good. I did not then start making like a new button. <laughs> <laughs> with like a little <laughs> icon and everything. I just wrote new and then I called it then because I cannot be working on this page forever and ever because today when we're recording is March 8th, International Women's Day, a.k.a. Pau's second birthday. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> and if you're a follower of this podcast, you might know that I have kind of let Pau put Pau a little bit on the back burner um, since last March 8th, actually, where we had like a big celebration for its one year um, anniversary. Today, we're not doing any celebrating, like public celebrations, but Ula has been in stealth mode trying to recruit um, team members so that we can be a little bit bigger team. Because if we're going to do Ooh. this, let's do this. Like, go big or go home, right? Um, yeah. And I think it's kind of, so Power is a very <clears throat> complex product, and uh, especially UI-wise and UX-wise and um, data structure. And I mean, it's just complex. It's dates. It's a cycle, the menstrual cycle, which is not uniform. So there's like, we, nothing is easy um, with a product like um, POW. So Ula had been talking to his old friend, Jed Wood, who he met in a summer camp in the backwoods of upstate New York in 1993. <laughs> He's an American and he, as a developer who's had and sold SASs in the past and is really good on the UX, uh, UX side, not so much like the UI, like design, but like really good at um, UX and also how to kind of research um, research to make better UX, I guess. So he is officially on board from today. And then nice. next week, I am hoping to convince my nurse friend to get on board as well for more content and also as our kind of customer 
developer, I guess, or whatever it's called, the person who will talk mostly to the customers. Um, because as a nurse, and also she wants to be a midwife, like she really is interested in the in the topic and has also, you know, medical knowledge of the field. Um, and she just moved to Australia. Her kids finally got into school there this week. So from next week, I am hoping that she can also get on board and start doing some work. So this is pretty exciting because now it's like, it's not me anymore, just me anymore. I have, you know, people who rely on me as a developer and also as the kind of, you know, the, the brains behind the ID. And I really hope that that will help us to kind of get this going properly. Because I kind of nice. just like let it be there, be like, well, it's not dying. Like, maybe it will just die. <laughs> 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 but it's not dying. And I know for a fact, like loads of people really want something like that. And it's not where it needs to be yet, I feel. And I felt like I was bumping against a little bit of a skill like you said, with Leo, having somebody to talk to, you can actually come up with these ideas. And I, it was hard to, it was hard to realize how to do a lot of these things alone. Yeah. So hopefully being more people, even though they're not developers, it will be helpful in just like setting the strategy for which features we're going to focus on. Cause there's many ways we can take this. Um, I decided early on, I don't want POW to be for the, for the, the people who are trying to get pregnant because they have a very specific need and a specific set of features that is very much um, served by many by some of the other apps. So we're trying to figure out a path where we focus more on the planning or understanding of your cycle or like understanding of your cycle so that you can plan your life better and understand yourself better. Like some, you know, as it's not, it's not, the positioning is not done. <laughs> the positioning work is not done, as you can hear. It's, um, never, some, it's never done. <laughs> it's never done. No, but somewhere around there where where it's like more focused on for people who would like, you know, to work with the data more on their own and like want to get to know themselves better, kind of, and then also use that data. Because right now I talk to people and they are very much for the logging, but it's hard to get them to, verbalize what they're actually using it for and i even have a hard time verbalizing what i am using it for even though i do feel like it my own app helps me so we were talking on the pre-show i'm feeling haggard and i actually checked this now uh this is day so since it's international women's day we're talking about periods folks um this is day 18 of my cycle and I am feeling haggard. I feel like I just want to sleep. I feel like I am not doing really good work. And then I thought to myself, wasn't it about like four weeks ago? I didn't want to read that testimonial email that you might remember me talking about if you heard that episode where I ended up watching Netflix for a whole day. And then when I read the testimonial, I almost started crying. So I went into my app now to check what day of the cycle I got that email. And that was day 17. And today's day 18. So like this kind of knowledge is helpful because I don't feel like I should go talk to a shrink right now or like do anything major. Like this is pretty normal at this time for me. So I'm just trying to just lay low, do my work and not let those little voices in my head kind of 
get me into like I need to fix this mode, which I have done in the past. So that's like a personal, it gets personal when you work with an app like Pow, and I guess that's also a little bit what scared me there for a while, but I just got to own it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was so the update. What, <laughs> what, what's the deal with the, the new team members though? Like, are they employees? Are they getting ownership? Are they doing this because they like you so much? Like, right now they're doing the it because there? they like me so much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. nice. Uh, I think we are doing kind of a test test run now where we're trying to work together. And if it works, then Jed also has some ideas that he wants to work on later so that maybe we can make several, like down the road, can work on several products together. And then I'm like ownership will be different for the different um, products. But that is not kind of written down yet. So we're going to work together and then we're going to, see kind of how we do it legally because like he's in america mm. i'm in norway like i need to figure there's lots of things that i need to figure out like on the legal <laughs> legal side of things um but um i think like we will work towards like they will get partial ownership is what we will work, work towards um and i really found it interesting when we were speaking about the whole vesting thing because i'm guessing something like that where yeah. like they get yeah part of the company um for every month they work and if they stop within the first three months or whatever then it, it's not gonna or some kind of you said some kind of break point um yeah but we're gonna try and and then we'll see and if they turn out to be really good well then they can negotiate really hard then in a couple of months when <laughs> we're ready to <laughs> yeah. when we're ready to do this hmm. Yeah, but this is a part of that. Of that, I've done so many projects before, but they've always kind of stayed small, and it's not been. It's been more like side project or just like fun learning project. So, uh, this is something that I have very little knowledge and very little like, experience with. But that it's been helpful talking to you and also listening to some of the other podcasts to kind of figure out how, like, the many different ways this can be handled. So, yeah. So that was a non-answer yeah, for like, you. Well, it answered my question. And my, my one piece of advice I want to add for that is like, don't wait too long of like with having that conversation about like agreeing on terms and setting expectations straight um, on all on all sides. Because if you wait too long, like, yeah, the conversation will be harder because they might have like more on you to negotiate with. And If you don't come on agreement, people will be more upset because they spent like, I don't know, half a year working on something and now getting nothing out of it in return. So don't wait too long. <laughs> Noted. Noted. Um, and also Ula is, is kind of uh, the lead on on that part of, of PAL, trying to assemble a team and work on um, work on those kind of deals he is a better negotiator than i am <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'll give you half the company if you just like write some blog posts i need some blog posts <laughs> <laughs> My, yeah might not be the worst idea ever <laughs> um but it's bad if that ends up being two blog posts and suddenly like my company is sure gone. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's true that's true yeah um, but as we learned, I did actually go to a um, 
I went to a entrepreneurship program when I was in university and they probably talked about these things, but you know, when you don't have any actual case in your own actual real life, it's harder to, to understand what they're talking about. But um, I do remember them talking about it. Like it's better to have what, you know, a small piece of big pie than a big piece of a small pie or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's, unfortunately that's true (laughs) yes so i feel like i've kind of tried to make my pies very small and have it have it all have the whole pie so i'm trying to grow the pie a little bit bigger and maybe not then have as large of a piece of it as i i used to and that just and that's more than you know finance it is also control and um the control over the positioning and the path and the strategy and all of those things i will need to let go and and let other people have a say yeah, yeah. which is that has been a learning experience or a, a a learning step for me as well like when we found a user list because in the past i've been in a similar board of like no this is all mine and i'm controlling everything <laughs> and i have to say this it. tiny muffin is mine nobody touch it <laughs> yes. yes and unfortunately it always stays a tiny muffin and it doesn't doesn't grow and um letting go for the sake of it growing a little bit more and you just having help us in the end i think it's worth it and i also think with the landscape that pow is in it's not a tool for other developers that can kind of stay in kind of stay kind of can that can it can't stay as a muffin (laughs) i mean if you make these tools for developers they are quite savvy uh, people like if you sell a SaaS starter, or if you have a if have a um, yeah. if you have a uh, SaaS that helps somebody do like a very specific thing, it's easier maybe to stay smaller. But here we are touching, you know, it's gonna without me without us doing much, it's gonna be political. Uh, it's gonna you know it has to do with health, um, and also it's just as I said, it's 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 surprisingly complex which is part of the reason why these apps aren't as good and also part of the reason a lot of people do not really have a grasp on their cycle because we are what we're taught in school is a very schematic average version of a menstrual cycle and it turns out the variations are really large so that what we kind of learn in school it's not often i hope it's better now but it's often not emphasized how this is a very um very simplistic kind of generalized sometimes averages are you know not that big of a variance on the on the average you know and it's it kind of fits but then with with menstrual cycles it's 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 a lot larger and also for my in my upbringing i guess in the 80s and 90s we pretended it did not affect us it was like, mm-hmm. you know, like you no, I don't I can I, I don't notice any changes. Like I am um I'm basically a man. <laughs> it's it's fine. <laughs> um, but I'm seeing now that younger generations and also more people are kind of being like, well, there are actually things that happen. It's quite large, you know, hormonal changes and stuff like that. And people are taking it more serious. Um, yeah. So the point being is that. It's not. It's it's going to be hard to keep Pow a small muffin, which is now the 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 metaphor we have for it. A small cupcake. 
a mini cupcake. Yeah. It's going to be a mega cupcake. No, but it kind of, and that's also, I think I got a little scared. Like it wants to grow. Like a lot of people get interested because it is a, an aspect of both tech and I guess society that is a little under, under, yeah. um, under something, um, which is very on the point for International Women's Day. So this good discussion for International Women's Day. <laughs> totally. Totally. So yeah, but that's it. Like, oh, meet up in London. So whoever is listening who lives in London or can travel to London on Wednesday the 16th, that will be next week, there's going to be some kind of thing happening in Chelsea and I'm thinking lunch or after work. So if people could DM me on Twitter with their kind of preference, if they want to hang out, somebody has already done that. So I think we'll at least be like four or five people. But it would be really nice to have a little impromptu, I guess, slow and steady meetup then. Let's call it that. <laughs> yeah. Slow and steady oh, slash cool. pirate meetup. Because my ex-co-pirate Paul is, I'm going to meet him for the first time. Um, the person I did my streams with. Uh, so cool. Yeah. So just DM me and I'll make a little group or something and notify everyone of where and when. But it will be sometime on Wednesday next week, 16th. March 16th. <laughs> well, you could always jump on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I can always just travel to London for lunch. <laughs> I could I could hook you up with a with a bedroom. In uh, in the loft of my father's house. Now you're tempting me. <laughs> yes, yes, do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, um, but whoever shows up and uh, whatever you do, and ha have a good, have a nice time uh, and enjoy it. Yes. So that also means you'll not be here next week, right? So we talk again in two weeks. Yeah, so next week, everyone gets to hear from Brian again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it would be nice for, to have you on as well, but I'm uh, I'm looking forward to, to talk to Brian again. Yeah, I'm sad I don't get to I don't get to be, be in on that, but I'll be enjoying London. Hopefully there will be sun and cupcakes, because now I really want cupcakes. I want the whole cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well done. Have a nice week. See you around Bye. the interwebs.